From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey all, Alana Phillips here again with Matt Gardner, CFP, founder and chief education officer of FinLit Tech. Thank you, Mac, for being here. Alana, thank you for having me. A pleasure to be here. This is such an important continued conversation we've had about financial literacy. I want to dig into the technology piece behind it that, you know, your company, I think, is trying to bridge the gap as we've talked about. But maybe we can start with Mac, our industry, not a financial education industry, very financial revenue driven industry. How do you think we're going to be able to pivot to more of a conversation of financial wellness? So we believe there's a formula to financial wellness because financial wellness alone is really what's getting a lot of attention now, right? And the reason why it's getting a lot of attention is you had COVID that came, shook up a lot of people, folks lost jobs, folks didn't have enough savings. And so the ripple effect from COVID really impacted a lot of people's financial lives, financial world. And so people started focusing on this thing called financial wellness. We actually think there's a formula to financial wellness. Mm-hmm. So there's the financial literacy side, right? Which there's gobs of it out there. You can go on Google and type in financial literacy and you can get tons of information. But what we found is that if you have the financial literacy, but you don't provide the tools needed to implement that knowledge, you really can't get any results. So in our minds, there's the formula of financial wellness is you have financial literacy plus financial capability slash technology, fintech. That's what can get folks to financial wellness. And I, I think the industry is really starting to pick up on that because we talked earlier and, and you teed up how our industry is revenue-based and it's assets under management or some sort of commission or some way. And that's how financial advisory firms generate revenue. But those fees are being compressed, right? There are other outliers and other resources, robo-advisors, so on and so forth, that are pushing down the cost of investing. So if you're an advisor, you better have some other ways to, to engage your client base if you're going to be charging some sort of fee, one, or two, if you really want to help the 99% of people out there, right, who aren't millionaires, find some sort of model that allows you to service those folks. And technology is a great way to do that. It's interesting you say that. We've talked about this in different episodes in the podcast. We just don't do a great job in our industry of serving a lot of people who need help, right? It is a very narrow group. It tends to be white. It tends to be rich. You know, it tends to be people that have the connections and no advisors, et cetera. Do we think that this FinLit tech, right? If we've got the technology and we can get it into the hands of more people and they have this financial wellness, like, will this help us attract different clients to our business or different advisors and financial professionals? Yeah. What I love about being in this industry for 20 plus years is the evolution of our service model. It's changed. It's changed a lot. It's going to continue to change. We live in a time where a person can literally pick up their phone and they can bank, they can invest, they can lend literally through their phone. You really don't need, quote unquote, a person (laughs) 
to enact these activities, right? Where we still need help though, is guidance. We need someone to be able to say, hey, I'm at this stage of my life. What should I be prioritizing? How do I get to this goal? And we really need that because we've given folks the tools a lot of times, but we haven't given them the education behind Mm -hmm. it. And so uh, I think the industry is really coming to a realization that in order to retain people, in order to retain clients, you need to do more than just say, I'm managing your money. You Mm -hmm. need to do more than just say, I'm providing you banking or loans. You need to be able, in our thought, to dare to be different and provide education. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's why we think with the For Money Bears Burryville app that we're building, we view that as a sort of the on-ramp because a kid's going to have to start learning about money at some point in time. So why not start there? One of the big issues that we see in the financial education space is it a lot of times it goes over people's heads. And so what we're doing is we're building tools to meet people where they are. How can you start talking to people about your investment portfolio and standard deviation and all that stuff when they can't even put together an emergency fund where they've got six-figure student debts. I mean, th- there's so many things that you need to get to before you get to these, you know, complicated investments in areas. And so that's really what, what we're, we're building are the tools to be able to meet people where they are and, and give them the guidance. I love it. I I remember Mac, the first advisor, I sat in on a meeting with a client that he had and, you know, it's a $2 million producing advisor, very successful business person. And uh, he was explaining to the client standard deviation and, you know, just all this ridiculous stuff on this Morningstar report. And at the time, I didn't really understand a lot of it either, to be honest, but I could see the client's eyes just glaze over. Right. And they didn't ask any questions. And it was pretty clear that they didn't know what those things are. And I wonder like, how often is that happening in these client meetings, Mac, where we just trust because the advisor sounds like they know what they're talking about. And we're embarrassed that we don't, and we don't know if that's really the best best advice or the best thing for us. I'll share another Mac nugget with you. And I've done this over the years, coaching other advisors. I tell advisors, there are two types of clients in the world. Those who want to know that it works and those who want to know how it works. Nine out of 10 people, if they're sitting in your office, they believe and trust that you are the person and they just want to know that, hey, if I allow you to invest or put this insurance policy or whatever together, I just want to know Mac that it works can you make me feel good to know that it works? Now you get the engineer that comes into your office. You better know how it works, but very few folks actually care or have the the understanding of how some of these things work. And so that's why you're right. So many times advisors just try to talk over the head. And that's an issue that I think our industry has, which is why the Mac nuggets that I talk about and to be able to simplify a lot of these ideas and concepts is really, really easy for folks. and, and, And I think beneficial long run. Thanks, Mac. Let's pause there and we'll be back in just a minute. Give your clients the retirement security they need with our Retirement Income Certified Professional designation. Visit theamericancollege.edu slash RICP to learn more. Learn how a goal-based approach redefines 21st century investment with our Wealth Management Certified Professional designation. Bring your value to a new level at theamericancollege.edu slash WMCP. And we're back. Let's pick that up where we left off. This is 
a little silly, but I'm thinking about the medical profession, Mac, right? Like we have the doctor where you go online, you put in your symptoms and it'll tell you, you know, all the terrible things that you have. That technology in some ways was good, right? People could look up and go, oh, I have X and I can treat it with X and that's good. But then you have people that show up to the doctor and are like, I need this and I need that. And I think I have that. And, you know, it kind of creates some problems. Do you see that happening as we educate clients more that it's going to put advisors in a position that they're being challenged by clients? Being challenged is not necessarily a bad thing. I'll say that straight up. Too many times advisors, because they themselves may be embarrassed that they don't know the answer to something, may suggest or provide something that may necessarily be the most appropriate. So that happens too. It happens on both sides of the fence. I'm just of the belief that the education is going to be out there. In fact, I, I remember having a discussion, it's interesting, about this proliferation of social media and how that can both positively and negatively impact our financial services industry. Because if you scroll on Instagram or some of these, you know, TikTok, all these people professing to be financial specialists and professing to be financial this, that, and a third, and how are they qualified to do that, you know? So that's why there's tons of information out there as a, as a CFP or as a financial advisor who knows his or her stuff. You need to know your stuff. You need to be out there and be a consummate professional and you want to be able to go out there and have folks challenge you and say, hey, you know what? You may or may not be right. Let me look into it. Let me see what we can do, blah, 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 blah. But I think at the end of the day, if it's an advisor that's looking out for the best interest of the client, right? And looking for the best way to serve, you'll sit down, you'll have a conversation and, and you'll get to the right answer. So maybe it almost up levels, you know, what is required to be an advisor then that you can't get away with not knowing your stuff. If somebody has the ability to, you know, bring information to you and challenge you, maybe there's a good side effect there then Mac, you talked about an app, right? And that technology is going to bridge this gap is the app, the technology, is there more to technology that we need to use to bridge the gap? So with respect to the For Money Bears Berryville app that we're building, we developed a method called the TAT method. And TAT, T-A-T stands for Teach, Analyze, and Track. So what we're doing with this platform is we're teaching the user about money, entrepreneurship, spend, save, invest, give, all that good stuff. We're analyzing how they do through these quizzes and quests, right? But the important thing which is where the fintech comes in is that last component to be able to track the progress of the user over time. When it comes to financial literacy, it's not a one and done thing. You can't just give a kid a book and be like, okay, read this book and you're financial literate. <laughs> you know, there's habits, there's behaviors, there's traits, good financial habits, good financial behaviors become good financial traits, but we need to be able to track that progress to make sure that all these things are being done, right? To be able to share with the parent, to be able to share with the teacher, to say, yeah, because the student is doing this, this is the track. Think about this. I ran across an amazing stat. And the stat said that a child's financial success is almost exclusively determined by the zip code they grow up in. Mm, yes. That was heavy. That was heavy for me. Yeah. And so imagine in an underserved, overlooked community, Dropping a game into that community, having children 
play a game that teaches them about being an entrepreneur, teaches them about that, hey, they have other options besides just spending their money on clothes for their beer or stuff for their house. But they can, hey, what if I buy a blender or an oven? And instead of just making smoothies, I can make pies and I can, I can make more money. I can, and that's a form of investment in your business. Instead of when you get that $100 for your birthday, instead of just running out and try to blow it on a pair of Nikes, imagine taking $50 of it, buying something that's not as expensive, and then taking the other $50 and buying shares of Nike. Imagine those different conversations happening in a community. What happens at that home? What happens in that neighborhood? What happens in that community? I think can be amazing. And so we talk about wealth gap and we talk about how do you close it? I personally think you close it through education and educating people as early as possible so that you give them a nice long runway to start investing when they're super young and not when they're 25 years old and first going out to the workforce and saying, oh, what's a 401k? And that's the first time you ever get exposed to a large cap stock or bid cap stock or anything. Really? So that, that's what we're trying to do. That's what we're working to do every day. I appreciate what you said in that, Mac, many things, but specifically the habit forming, right? That this isn't a one and done. So like, you know, my Fitbit that I have on, you know, every hour at 50 minutes, right? It, it gives me a little buzz, right? So that I walk and I get some more steps. And that's like one of the ways that the technology around Fitbit helps to build better habits, right? Will the technology include things that are similar to that where you get that $100 for your birthday and it pings you and says, put that $50 in Nike stock or, or here's a deal for those shoes. Use a coupon instead of buying them at full price somewhere. So here's the cool thing. 10 years ago, fractional shares, what's, what's a fractional share? No, if you wanted to go buy some Nike or you wanted to buy some Amazon, you needed to buy that full share. The technology mm -hmm. is now available, Alana, where a parent can literally buy $5 worth of Starbucks, $5 worth of Starbucks. So imagine now having a game that's teaching this child about spending cautiously, saving digitally, investing wisely, giving generously, and then saying, hey, can I buy? How do we invest, mom? How do we invest, papa? And they say, well, what do you mean? Well, you know, I'm learning about this stuff here. And there are companies that have built that technology to be able to do that. One that comes to mind is Greenlight. Two of my three kids have Greenlight accounts and it's a bank card and they can control their spending and give them allowance, but it also allows for investing. Drive Wealth, I think, is a, is a company that actually creates those platforms for fractional shares. So we're in a time and we're fortunate to live in a day and an age where there's financial literacy and there's financial capability. The tools are there. We just need to bring them together to get the outcome. And that's where the bridge is. So how, Mac, to drive this home, how can our audience use this tech in their perhaps client-facing roles or other professions? Finlet Tech is an umbrella. And under the umbrella, we are building tools and resources. The beginning is the Four Money Bears, the on-ramp, right? And at the end, we're actually developing a multimedia financial education platform called Motivate Your Money geared towards adults. And it'll have diverse perspectives. It'll have advisors from different backgrounds and, and, and folks from different areas of finance. So FinLit Tech is just the umbrella where folks who are passionate and are interested in developing technology that helps to drive financial literacy, that's what we're building is that ecosystem and get more word and get more shine and more light into the space. Great. So how can our audience find you, Mac, to get involved in that bridge building? 
www.finlittech, F-I-N-L-I-T-T-E-C-H is the, the website to go to. You can learn about our mission. You can learn and hear me talk <laughs> about a lot of things I'm really passionate about, but, but it's not just me. It, it's really a community of folks that are out there that are really passionate about financial literacy. And if you want to learn more and see more, you can also follow me on LinkedIn. I try to stay active on there and, and share some Mac nuggets and, and share some really cool pieces of information. Love it. Well, we're glad to be able to expose our audience to that community, Mac. I think so much more work to be done. And thank you for being willing to talk about the Four Money Bears, financial literacy, and Finlit Tech. Thank you so much, Alana. The journey continues. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.